You're listening to Close the Loop, a podcast for business decision makers who are eager to put on their marketing hat and prove the worth of their campaigns. Here to get you excited about attribution and invite you to act on these topics is the host, Kevin Dini, a true marketing and data nerd, live and virtual event speaker, and fan of all things Batman. He's joined by a variety of guests, subject matter experts, and colleagues who are passionate about helping business leaders like you to succeed. No need to take notes. Just visit the show page on callsource.com and read the transcripts, watch the episodes, or get any links mentioned in the show. Hello, and welcome to the Close the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dini, and today we're going to be talking about what does Google Analytics 4 mean for my small business? What does it mean? What does it do? What should I do about this? Because Google Analytics is completely changing. It's going away and being replaced. Is it being upgraded? We're going to dive into all of these topics and to really help us <laughs> with his expertise is a prior guest who shared about last time about why bothering with UTM parameters. And his name is Jeff Sauer. He is the founder of Data Driven U. He's an agency owner, a business coach, and blogger from Jeffalytics, which is originally how I found him. And then, you know, we connected and were able to do the podcast last time. Jeff is a firm believer in data-driven marketing. So, yeah. And Jeff's work <laughs> has been featured in many industry publications and has had 17,000 digital marketers enrolled in his digital marketing certification programs, which are fantastic. Uh, Jeff has delivered over 100 keynote presentations. He's a prolific lecturer and has done workshops in 20 countries. So, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about my favorite topic to talk about right now. <laughs> yes, this is a hot topic. So, uh, Jeff, if you could kick it off for those who are like, okay, I've heard of Google Analytics, but can you lay the little bit of the groundwork here? Like, what is Google Analytics for? What's happening? What's the shift? Like, catch us up if you if you could. Yeah. Yeah, so let's start with 1999. I was a senior in high school, and some guys in, like, Southern California created a web analytics tool. <laughs> and that web analytics tool is still the same backbone, basically, of Google Analytics today. And so it's it's been around for a long time. They've gone through a few different versions, but some of the old code that worked from the early 2000s still actually works now. Um, so that's what we call Google Analytics or three or universal analytics. It's sort of like this old code base because of all the developments in the privacy sector in mobile first development and the modern, let's call it the modern internet, uh, Google had to create a brand new version of Google Analytics for the future. Um, they rolled it out pretty quickly, pretty swiftly. And then they said, the old version is going away. We're not going to migrate you over. We're not going to support you. And so that's where we're at today. There's a new version of Google Analytics. It will be technically replace the old version. The old version still works. The old version still collects data up until the until July 1 of next year or 2023, whenever you're listening to this. And um, but this new one's on the horizon, and we're all dealing with what it means to potentially lose data, to lose access to a system we might have been using for 15, 20 years. And we're all trying to say, 
is this the system that we want to use moving forward? How much do we really value analytics in general? Do we ever look at this data? Are we bored with it? What are we doing with it? <laughs> and so it's this brand new thing that we're all starting to deal with in many different ways. And part of what I do is educate people on what you can do in the new system. And then also how do you hand, handle the change? Yeah. You know, this whole thing reminds me of, oh, so my dad was, you know, he had a Jeep, a CJ5, an old one. And he always was like, you know, he always told me like, okay, I got to get this special part. And I was like, why can't you just get the, you know, why don't they just make one type of carburetor, one type of part? And he's like, no, no, I need this part for this model and this time. And he's like, because afterward, at a certain point, they stop supporting and they stop building and using that exact same part. So now you have to move on. So it's like, you know, car generations, like there's a lot of things that use this same sort of look. You have an outdated analytics, you have an outdated model, an outdated thing. You can't get the same parts, can't get the same support anymore. You are now forced to get you know, the next upgraded version, which as a consumer, it's like, oh, I wish they use only standardized stuff, but they do upgrade. They do add things. There is benefit. There's reasons like regulation, privacy that you've pointed yeah. out. There's things about everything where it's like, yes, the newer upgraded version has maybe some, some perks, but, and maybe some things that, you know, you liked about the old one, like they don't make it like they used to. <laughs> yeah. But um, in, in terms of you know, the big, you even brought it up in terms of, okay, there's Google Analytics. I have it today. So but why bother with this new version? So I, I know that that's like a very loaded question, yeah. but are there any things that you would suggest or say or point out for like a small business? Yeah, sure. So first of all, I do, I love the car analogy. When I created my, my Google Analytics for course last year, I use that analogy and I was basically saying like, yeah, they don't make cars like they used to. Classic cars are amazing. My dad has a 1960 Corvette still, and I know exactly what you mean. You can't really find parts for it. You have to scavenge and salvage and stuff like that. And cars used to, you know, the accident rate was much higher and the fatality rate was like 50% in a car crash. Now it's like in the less than 10%. And that's because they made them safer. Right. Cars didn't used to have safety belts. They didn't used to have anything like, you know, anti-lock brake systems and airbags. And you know, those are all things that are there for improvement. And eventually, you know, you look at it long enough and it's like, do you continue to support the 1960 version of a Corvette or do you just go forward? Right. Well, sometimes you just got to rip the bandaid off. And unfortunately, that's for a lot of us, that's what Google did. Now, now getting to the question, it's like, OK, well, how does a small business, how do you even think about or deal with this? Right. So and, and hopefully I, I got the question right since I, I sort of went back to the example you know, the first thing to ask yourself is what's important to your business and what are you trying to do? So if you're a small business, I'm going to assume, like I have a picture in my head as to a small business. I know that small, medium business represents a lot from anywhere right. from a solopreneur all the way to, you know, a thousand employees could still be a medium sized business. But let's just, let's just use an example. The one that I have in my head, it's a 10 person company. You have an office, you have a, you know, you have the, the, the head honcho, <laughs> you might have a mark, one marketing person, you have some salespeople, you have some support staff, you have people who are doing all these different roles and the marketing person is tasked with, Hey, get people to go to our website or, or Hey, get people to buy from us, whether it's a website or not. Right. So they might be doing some cold calling. They might be doing some brochures and flyers. And th the whole reason why analytics is important is that if you were just sending out brochures 
you really don't know if it's going to be effective or not. Like it's, it's really, there's no way of quantifying that that was effective. You send something in the mail and then maybe somebody calls you, maybe they don't, but there's really no way to attribute that to your efforts. Then when you get into the online world, it's like, okay, well, yeah, if I, if I run an ad or if I pay money to be in front of people, I have the ultimate ability to measure it. And that's, that's really what this analytics is all about. And so the change from one system to the other is basically saying, okay, well, do you really, you know, you've been measuring this for a while. Maybe you've been doing an okay job. Maybe you've been doing a poor job. It's just been there and you've taken it for granted. Um, this is an opportunity to revisit and say, okay, well, what am I, why do, why did I install this in the first place? Why, why was I excited about online marketing? Is online marketing still something that I should be excited about? Do I really care about all these bells and whistles that were there before? Or what do I look at and just say, okay, well, now that this thing is going away, should I change how I do this? Should I, you know, should I take this as the opportunity to, to, um, implement the new system in an optimal way versus when you first did the old one, the old, you know, Google analytics, you just put it on there without really knowing what was going on or your marketing person didn't know what was going on. You're like, okay, you know, I know so much more now. There's such a different world now that's out there. So, um, I think this is, first of all, it's a great opportunity to reevaluate one. Do you, do you need any of the stuff from the past? Was it too complex? Was it not hard? Was it not easy to understand? Two, how does what like how does the entire idea of online or digital marketing tie into your strategy today? And and how can you use a system that's more modern to get you there? And the final thing is how much of the past do you want to keep and hold on to so you can learn? You know, like it's a really weird situation where like one of the reasons why you'd want to move to GA4 now versus waiting until July 1 when there's no data in there is that you can get year over year data. So you can get a year over year comparison if you have it installed before 2023 starts. You'll get a full year of data. That's the main prompt right now is you want a full year of data as opposed to doing it next February and then not really knowing what's going on. Yeah. Now, if you do that, if you put this in place, are you going to benefit from that? And are you going to find value in a full year of data? Are you going to find benefit in configuring things, in in setting your strategy forth and moving forward? And then is this, again, is this the opportunity to, to get more out of this than you ever used before? So I almost look at it as like a perfect opportunity to say, hey, maybe I don't really need the past. Maybe I'll just let Google store it until they get rid of it. Maybe I can't really learn by comparing 2022 to 2021 because they were two diff very different years. 2021 to 2020, very different. <laughs> like the last normal year we had was probably 2019. So it's like, okay, well, do I really need this data on the books anyway? Or should I just start now fresh with here's how we want to measure things going into the future? Yeah, wow. So no, that's really interesting, everything you said there, because you kind of answered some questions I, I was going to ask, right? Like, why bother with Web Analytics at all anyway? And okay, I barely even got used to the old one. <laughs> now there's a new one. Do I bother? You know, like, and you've you've met, you've put it out there. Like, okay, what's the value to your company? What are you trying to do? What's your objectives? And and ground it there. So then, uh, there was still one last thing, um, and this was just was from like researching this and what people were asking and complaining about, <laughs> or or you know having issues with when in relation to Google Analytics four was, okay, I, I understand my business. But I just don't see how having better web analytics and adding Google Analytics 4 will help me in my business, yeah. right? Like, how do I connect the... This is a very general question, right? This just applies to general web analytics at all. But, you know, how how is 
you know, getting more serious about my web analytics going to help my business grow. And I think that yeah. that comes out of just generally like, is there any value in web analytics at all, you know, for, for my business? <laughs> I mean, is there any value in the internet? <laughs> yeah. right? um, you know, let, let's put it back to an analog comparison. So if you have a retail store and somebody went into your store and then they left, you knew nothing about them. You may never see them again. There's no chance to ever talk to them again. And that, that can be frustrating because you lost an opportunity, right? The opportunity mm -hmm. is gone forever versus on the internet. If somebody comes onto your online storefront and looks at something, you basically using cookies and using tracking technology and ad platforms, you can follow that person across the internet and say, Hey, wait, you forgot to buy this thing, right? You can, you can get them to come back. You, you have like an implicit permission to do that. So would you rather have the analog way of doing it or the, the digital way of doing it? Probably the digital way because it oper it, especially for a small local business, creates tons of opportunities. It get, creates a certainty where when you have somebody in your cookie pool or you remarket by uploading an email list, you know you're only talking to the people you want to talk to. Or if you do geotagging, you're only geotagging in your area, so you're only paying for what you use versus for you know trying to send a flyer out and having it go to your entire metro area. So the micro-targeting is way better online. And, and that's the same analogy comes true to the measurement of it. So Google Analytics, it does a few things. One is that it makes your advertising more accountable because just like how you make your software makes advertising more accountable because you can track it down to a pinpoint level. You can do micro tracking conversions, call recording, all that stuff to figure it out. Same with Google Analytics. You can figure out you know, where they came from. You can see what pages were visited. You can create a profile as to what pages are important. You can tweak the experience. Um, you can make it so they can see the right things, get the answers. Then also with Google Analytics 4, you can you can use that to build a segment and then push that into the Google Ads platform. And then you can remarket to these people. You can remarket to them again. Um, you can have better understanding of how your ads performed in, inside Google Analytics. Then if you layer in something like Facebook ads, you can use Google Analytics 4 to have accountability to Facebook ads to say, okay, well, this is working or it's not. It basically takes anything you're doing, analog or digital, from being a black box where you just put something out there and you hope that it works <laughs> to having extra information or data that you collect in order to understand whether it worked or not. So to know for more certainty that it worked because of the way that you are collecting things. Yeah. Wow. That is such a great uh, overview of some of the value in web analytics at all. That's awesome. And, and you mentioned something there. It's like this feeling of, okay, yeah, I love, I love this idea. Let's jump on board. And then gosh, something I see, it's like three months, six months later, it's like, oh yeah, whatever happened to that uh, web analytics project, whatever happened to those sort of pies in the sky, that goal, that project we wanted, the success, like all the opportunities we saw in it. And that's why we put it on and we talked about it and we made sure we put it in there. And, you know, we were going to track our campaigns and measure everything and see how it went. And then it just falls away and no one talks about it. No one wants to see reports anymore. Yeah. So it's something I've seen. So I was going to like ask you about this. Why is it maybe people, businesses of all sizes, this probably happens uh, over time, sometimes stop caring or stop finding value out of, you know, web analytics. Like it's, it can, it can start off with this great, you know, roar and then it just sort of falls down. So what's going on? Yeah. There? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's part human nature and part sophistication with what's out there. So there's, there's a lot of different 
things you can do to automate. And some things are valuable in small doses and some things are long-term valuable. So for example, um, if you set an alarm, you know, every day to get up at six o'clock in the morning, so you can go exercise or do whatever, you know, so you're not late to work. The first time you do it, it's like, okay, I'm glad I had that alarm. It got there. Right. Then eventually, you know, the, the, by the end of that week, you're like, okay, yep. And then maybe like the next week you actually wake up five minutes before your alarm. Cause your body becomes conditioned to it. And you're like, man, I don't even need the alarm. Then you start to blame the alarm and say, why did I even have this alarm? Or, you know, it goes off on the weekend. You're like, man, alarms are the problem. Right. <laughs> and the ultimate thing is that having some data is really exciting until that data has always repeats. It's never new. It's never novel. So getting a report emailed to you every day. Um, and I've done this, I don't do it anymore, but I would da email dashboards to clients and they'd be like, thank you so much. Like you are giving me light in a sea of darkness. I see this thing. And then the next time it doesn't change at all. I'm like, okay, send me something new, send me some insights, boil that down for me. So that you're not wasting my time. So mm -hmm. I think the biggest challenge is, is just in the maturity of what's going on is that if you don't graduate from just giving somebody data where they, where data is the thing and you don't switch to providing analysis or context as to why this is important, then it's just a really efficient way of giving somebody something that's worthless, right? <laughs> so the worthwhile thing is to tell them what it means to them and to boil it down and to disseminate them. Now, larger companies get this because that's an entire function of the business is like, hey, you are an analyst. You analyze things and you tell us what's happening. Or maybe there's a team of analysts. Um, in a small business, if you're like, if you're in charge of all of marketing, um, then you, yeah, you, you're like, okay, well, I don't really have time to go and do this thing. I'm just gonna like, I'll get the data as long as it helps my marketing, but it, otherwise it's just a burden or it just gets in the way. Yeah. Wow. That I found myself thinking, wow, that's me in so many of those places because yeah, I mean, the first time you see some really interesting data, you're like, oh, I've got something. Now something is infinitely better than nothing. And then after mm -hmm. a little while, you're like, okay, well, I have more of that something, but you know, <laughs> it's again, the novel, yeah. the, the interesting part of it is lost. So, okay, let's, let's talk about what is kind of novel or, or unique or different. Uh, when we're talking about Google Analytics 4, there's, you know, uh, in my eyes, there's a huge shift in how the, like the base tracking is done. But I guess in layman's terms, like what are some of the significant maybe upgrades or novel things or changes that someone who's only looked at web analytics and, you know, universal analytics now finds themselves staring into Google Analytics 4? Like what things would they, could they expect to see in the platform? Yeah. So Google Analytics 4 is definitely more minimalist. It, 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 it doesn't, overdo it with sending you and sharing data with you it's it's pretty sparse and so oftentimes where you and, and google analytics universal has hundreds of reports it's easily to under it's easy to understand it's clickable there's all kinds of stuff built into it because it was an interface that was perfected over 15 20 years and so i think the biggest thing we see when we log into ga4 is that it's sparse it's mobile first so it can look good on a mobile you know it's built with those principles in mind which makes it look like okay well this has less this is inferior because there's fewer things and that's that's often a trap right like just because it has a bunch of bells and whistles doesn't mean that it's <laughs> going to be more useful to you um, but at the same time it's so minimalist that some of the things that you're used to seeing for 10 15 years don't appear right away now there are tricks and i've i've done a lot of trainings on this where you can add the report back in there there's there's 
I'm not going to say a complete one-to-one feature parity or reporting parity between one and the other. Like not everything is in Google analytics for yet, but it's close. It's like probably 90% of the way there where if it is in universal, it's in GA four as well. Um, so you, you just need to know where to find it. Um, the cool thing is that you can customize the interface though. So once you find it, you can have that be the only report you see. So instead of showing you 50 things, um, it's really just showing you the five things you can set it up. So it shows you the five things that actually matter to your business. And so it has the potential to save you time. The problem is the learning curve isn't like a, you know, like a 10 minute YouTube deep dive and you just suddenly understand it. You really do need to learn the system. And then the other thing that's a big deal. And, and I think you alluded to is the back end. the way the data is collected is different. It's, it's a lower footprint. They don't collect as much data. It's not as much bandwidth. It's not as much reliance on, on cookies for tracking and stuff like that. They basically minimize how much data they collect for privacy reasons and for storage reasons, and then do a lot of the processing in the cloud. So it's actually happening in, in the cloud as opposed to on somebody's browser and, and through the, the bandwidth. So it, it minimizes the amount of data collected in the way that they do it, which is, you, you know, generally better, but it, again, it takes away from things that from reports that are there or they minimize everything. So I, I would look at it as like 90% of the way there, but it shows about 20% of what it showed in universal analytics. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. When you're talking about like the data collection part, I know that's something that's really important to the small businesses that we work with is, well, does it still connect and still integrate or still work with all the other Google related products that I use? So the big ones are Google My Business, Google Ads. Uh, some of the more technical one might be Google Organic or Google Search Console. And then... Um, Google optimize uh, for some of the more, again, more advanced, but are, are the typical suite of Google product and tools and things that businesses are using, do they still have sort of a connection or a connector or, or like, does that data still flow in there the way that maybe the business yeah. before were used to? Yeah. So the, I would give Google an A to an A minus for their integrations with Google products. I think it's actually, they, they integrate with more products. So there's more options in the interface than there is even with universal. Hmm. So they, they've really worked hard to make sure it integrates with all the Google products. The one that I'm not sure about is actually Google, my business. I'm not sure like what the integration is there. or If there is one, I know that, you know, oftentimes with Google, my business, it's really UTM codes or it's like tracking. So you can get campaign tracking mm -hmm. that that should be the same UTMs or which we talked about in our, in your first episode with me. That those are are largely unchanged. There are actually new UTMs for the first time in fifteen yeah, years. I heard about those. <laughs> um, they're 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 barely available in GA four. So I don't know if we need to talk too much about those and get hopes up because it's like they're slowly <laughs> rolling them out. But um, you know the integrations are an A minus with Google products. It's actually a pretty big part of their roadmap and a pretty big part of their adoption is to make sure it integrates with Google products. Now, if you're thinking like, oh, well, I don't really want Google Analytics 4. I'm just going to go somewhere else. Well, you're not going to have the same level of integration with Google products anywhere else. So there, it's almost like it's it's still, if you, if you use the Google suite, this is going to be equal, if not better at some point than what, what was there in the past. So you sort of, if you want to report on Google, you need GA, even if you use something else in parallel. Now for third party stuff, which I'm not sure if that's the next question or not, but um, <laughs> it's pretty, uh, pretty sparse. Yeah. Um, we were talking about this in the pre-interview. There's a lot of challenges with 
how they've rolled out third-party accessibility APIs, documentation, and stuff like that, that a lot of third parties have not jumped on the GA4 bandwagon, even though it's been over two years since it was announced as a product. And it's easy to blame like companies and say, why aren't you supporting GA4? But I've heard this over and over again, is that GA4 doesn't really support third-party software developers as they need yet. Now, hopefully that changes. Like hopefully by the time this goes live, I, I sound like an idiot. <laughs> That'd be my goal. And, and that's, that's sort of, what I just tell people is like, Hey, we're very early in this thing. It could very easily be fixed in no time. But, um, as it is right now, third parties have a hard time integrating with Google Analytics four. If there's any kind of two way data push, it's fine for like pushing data in like UTMs. They still work, right? You can tag your emails. That's not any different. But when it comes to the tracking code, when it comes to e-commerce integrations and so on, most people have not really developed a meaningful solution. Yeah. And I've seen that. We've experienced that with our company. It's now development, you know, environment still in beta. <laughs> There's still a lot there that uh, are sort of, I think a lot of developers, third parties are sort of waiting. Okay. As soon as it's, as soon as it's at a better stage, as soon as it's ready to go, we're going to jump on. But it's always, it, it's, you know, those are, it's expensive sometimes to dedicate resources yeah. to development. So, but one interesting thing that I have found some appreciation for, and this is like how Google Analytics is sometimes implemented, which is going to be one of my questions. Like, how do they even install it on their site? I know there's the simple way, but Google Tag Manager seems to have a lot of potential for customization and a lot of ways to get data from third parties into the platform, as long as there's some sort of a web event or something that can trigger, you know, something to pass into Google Analytics for Google Analytics for, given that it's like sort of an event-based uh, analytics platform. But in terms of how you like, kind of, we're, we're talking about collecting. How are businesses has, has installing it, adding it, implementing it to your website? Has that changed, or is that roughly about the same as it's always been? Yeah. So man, you mentioned Google Tag Manager. I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, just, just to let people know. Maybe do they know what, if you don't know what Google Tag Manager is, I'll do a, like a really simple yeah, version of it. But <laughs> let's start with the installing it on your site. So whether you're using the old version or the new version, if you're not a developer, basically you take some code, you put it onto your site and it just works. And that's pretty similar. Like you would, it would, it's a little bit different code. Although if you have the G tag, version of Google Analytics Universal, you can piggyback Google Analytics 4 on top of it and not have to like completely retag your site. So there's some some efficiency there if you're using a, a more modern version of it. Or if you're using Google Tag Manager, you can you can sort of run them in parallel. My recommended way of tracking is to do it in parallel. So you'd send to your old universal or your current universal analytics property, then you create a property for GA4 and you send to that as well. So you can keep it in the same account and you just have two properties and you send data to both, you know, so that's how you do it. Google Tag Manager now, it's 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 basically a way that you can, instead of having to put a bunch of code on your site, you put the code on there one time and then Google Tag Manager lets you use tag templates like templates for other systems and rules. So that instead of writing code to say, when this page loads, send data to the server, um, it just does it through a visual interface, which is really nice. So the base code, very similar. An enhancement over the base code in or in the base code in, in GA4 is that there's something called enhanced measurement, 
where you can actually automatically track a bunch of different things that were not available in Universal. You had to use Tag Manager to do them. That's things like scroll tracking, video plays on YouTube embeds, um, outbound link clicks, form interactions, site search. Those are all, you can just click a button and it's already on by default and you're getting a bunch of that stuff working, which is awesome. And it, it actually, for an SMB, that's pretty much all you really need. Now, if you wanted to, there you mentioned that GA4 does have an event-based model. If you want to go super advanced and you want to map <laughs> everything that's going on, there's this whole storage system called events and event parameters and custom dimensions and metrics where you can like store a bunch of crap in GA4 and have it lightning fast get reports on how this happened compared to your users. But that that requires a lot more thoughts and in, in, in working with like a consultant or or mapping it out internally to say, okay, what else do we want to track in GA4 and try that tie that back to our traffic sources, tie that back to our page views and so on. And then the final thing is it's easy to get the enhanced measurement to get get things tracked inside GA4, but you definitely want to create what's called a like a you want to create an event or uh, even modify an existing event to create one that can measure as a conversion. So you want to set up at least one conversion so you can track your conversion rate. So it's it's way easier, GA4. It's um, fewer jargon things to know, fewer <laughs> chances for error, but you also need to be more deliberate with your configuration if you go beyond that basic setup. Yeah, yeah. Now, and that was, that was originally the same thing with Google Analytics 4. I remember like... It was always part of the conversation. Okay, you set up Google Analytics. Great. Did you set up your goals? <laughs> Did you set up your conversions, right? Like you would in, in GA4. So yep. in terms of, this is another thing that I've, you know, something that I always ask myself. Okay, I put it on there. Did I put it on there right? Is there any way, is there any um, error checking? Is there any way you're like, a business is like, okay, yeah, it's working. Or I put it on there right. Yeah. Is there things that are good to, to make sure, yeah, you did this correctly? <laughs> Yeah. So one of the most frustrating things about GA4 is that you put something on there and you won't get a report until like 24 hours later or the next day. They don't really put things into the reports for the current day. So you almost have to wait. Mm. If you don't do these tricks, I'm going to share with you to see data, you know? So sometimes you have to wait in order to see how it made it into the reports. And, and there's a lot of frustrations around that, but there's two ways to check it right now in real time if it's working the first one is the real-time report you can actually even look at your entire session there's like a session viewer or a user viewer which is really cool and you can see what pages you've gone to and make sure that they're tracking so that's the most basic form of making sure this works if you show up on a real-time report while you're looking at it the other one is amazing it's called debug view and debug view is a way that you can actually I'm trying to think of it, the easiest, simple way to describe it, but it'll track what you're doing without counting against your analytics. Mm, yeah. So you can see all the events that are sent, parameters, everything will show up. If you if you do an e-commerce transaction, you can track that, make sure that the code works, that it's coming in there right without actually affecting your data, which is really nice. So those are the two things that you can use to verify that your data is working. There's also extensions just to make sure the code's installed, like Tag Assistant, um, like the Google Analytics debugger. Those things can help you as well. Wow, that's really great. And, and that goes right to the next question I had, which was, are there tweaks, settings, options, or, I don't know, things that 
you know, to be on the lookout here when you've put this on to get the most out of it. You mentioned the enhanced measurement, which is, if I remember right, it was like a toggle. But is there, um, yep. are there things that a business should be considering? Okay, I've, I put it on, but are there any settings I should do before I just like kind of, you know, don't touch anything for a while? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so if, if I, like, I, I always try to like do like the 80, 20, the 90, 90, 30, you know, so on, <laughs> meaning that 80, 80% of the results, 20% of the effort that's code enhanced measurement, creating an event, marketing as a conversion. <laughs> that's, that's like the, that's definitely the 80, 20 of it. That'll get you pretty far, pretty fast. Um, and then you get into stuff like if you're going to do event tracking with custom parameters, you need to register them as custom dimensions. Otherwise you're sort of just get nothing. Mm. So that's a pretty big one. And then that's probably part of the 90, 30. And then just integrations with other products are really important to make sure that you set up your Google ads link, your search console link, and so on. I like to go pretty crazy re customizing the reports interface, um, creating my own library of reports and using that in order to or a collection of reports in the library, using that to customize the interface. Um, I might set up some exploration reports to look at custom dimensions. That's the only really way to get to them. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of customization and getting rid of stuff that isn't relevant to you. I, I usually just look at tables of data. So I get rid of a lot of charts and stuff like that. So a lot of my stuff is really more breaking it in interface customization. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, if you're tracking e-commerce or you're in an e-commerce store, you want to track that. If you're tracking leads, you want to make sure you set up conversions for your lead events or in a form when a certain form gets mm -hmm. filled out and so on. So it's, it's really just making sure that when you're looking at the analytics tool, that it's tracking the things that you want to track. Cause again, going back to the beginning here, the only point of having a web analytics tool of any sort is that you get data about things that happen on your website. It's how they got there, what they did on the site, and whether they did the outcome you're looking for. If you, you know, so you need to make sure that you get at least one of those things in each of those columns in order for it to be useful. Yeah. And, you know, you've mentioned some of the things, some of the, you know, values or interesting insights that are in there just briefly there, but something that seems like it's, it, it occurred enough that I thought I'd bring it up uh, in Google Analytics 4 is engagements, which was a term, a different jargon, a different term than I'd seen before. So if you don't mind, like, it seems like Google Analytics really wants to push home this idea of like engagement. So what is like engagement, engagement rates, engaged sessions? See, seems like that are, are in there that to me are like strike me as totally new. Yeah. So engagement is a, it's a, it's, it's an improvement over the last thing they had. So in the old universal analytics, they basically had this thing called bounce rate. And it was anytime that somebody only viewed one page and that was pretty much it. So they, they came, they saw one page and they left. Um, there's a lot of flaws in it because it was not, it doesn't mean that they were, that it was bad necessarily. Like you could have a 95% bounce rate and still have a 5% conversion rate and make a ton of money, right? Like, <laughs> or it didn't count against, you know, like phone call tracking or something like that might not have been registered properly. If the events didn't fire, there's, you know, all kinds of stuff that a bounce rate wasn't there. Engagement rate is, is defined as it's a positive thing. So instead of being a negative bounce rate means they didn't do something engagement rates when they did something, which is nice. It's already a positive improvement. Mm -hmm. And the doing something is staying, having your tab open for 10 seconds. Um, it's, converting 
and it's or it's viewing more than one page. So if any one of those things happens, it counts as an engaged visit. And so this is a positive metric to say, okay, 44% of people were engaged in one of those three activities. And then they reintroduce bounce rate, and that's just the opposite of that. So it's just the the negative or inverse of that. Okay, great. Yeah, that was really helpful. And I, and then you know, in some ways, those are like similar metrics that like I was personally always tracking. Like, okay, people who stay, how long they stay, what they did when they stay, mm-hmm. what that stay, you know, could I quantify the value of that stay? Like that was always like that is now rolled up into engagement, which is so I, I love that. Um, yeah, there were like some big tabs that like. I'm used to just on the left, there's like, you know, the reports and they, they kind of scroll, they kind of, you know, tabulate over, but there's like kind of two navs in there. There's two things that I thought it would be interesting to talk about. One of them is the explorations and the other one is like the advertising. I think it's like a snapshot. Um, Mm -hmm. Those to me are like fully inclusive sort of like areas in the reporting that are all about something specific. So in terms of like, what is explorations? What is the advertising like? tabs for yeah let's start with explorations explorations are what i say it's almost like a pivot table or or a way to like use use your google analytics data as excel so you can start to pull stuff over and slice and dice the data and get really fast processing of it so it's like almost like a querying tool Mm. but it's visual and you don't have to know code at all you just sort of move stuff around and see how it comes together so explorations are a way to create basically a a way to view any data that you collect in its own context. So you can filter it, you can group it, all kinds of fun stuff. So if you ever used a pivot table in Excel, it's very much like that with your analytics data. It's fast, it's responsive. And then there's also some other exploration where it's like a funnel report. So if you, you can create your own custom funnel and see where people drop off. So there's, there's some visualizations in there. There's some predictive analytics in there. Like if you're doing an e-commerce site, they can predict which people are about to buy next. They're going to tell you which people are going to buy in the next seven days. So there's some really cool um, machine learning and opportunities with predictive analytics, which are have never been in Google Analytics before. So there's the future has a lot of opportunity, but for now, it's really just a way to get at some of the data that's not in the main reporting interface. That's 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 how you use it to start. Uh, and then the other one, um, the advertising report is funny because it really doesn't show you how your ads performed. It really is about attribution. I don't know why they don't just call it attribution. Uh, it shows you, it gives you an idea as to what attribution model affects the way your data is tabulated and then just gives you a some more, let's say, color behind your results. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's really great. I, I was... I had that same impression because there was a bit about attribution within the advertising tab that I was like, okay, this is a, this is like a deeper dive down into like the conversion, um, like funnel and the goal paths and stuff that I thought were really interesting. Um, one of the last like kind of questions I have for you um, is sort of a big one, right? So, <laughs> um, and this one is, all right, let's say you've got 20 minutes a week. That a business is like, I can set aside 20 minutes a week. I can do that. Okay. What, obviously every business is different. Their goals or objectives are all over the place. But if you've got 20 minutes a week, what are some general areas or things or or strategies you think that would be helpful for a business to be able to consume the important parts about what's going on in Google Analytics for, and then 
that they would be excited about getting on a, maybe like getting into on a weekly basis. So is there, is there anything come to mind to help someone who, where they're like, okay, 20 minutes a week, I can figure like, you know, a few th- tips here will help my business. Yeah. It's a hard one because, um, I don't really, <laughs> you're not going to like this, but I don't really believe that, that I think that it should actually be reframed where you need to get to a certain base of knowledge. And I think that if you only invest 20 minutes a week in it, you'll never get to that baseline because it will be a chasing, you'll be chasing after something. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I I almost look at it as like a diet. Like, you know, you go on a diet, you, you really crash to something, you get to your goal weight and then you go into maintenance mode where you're like just maintaining it. I think 20 minutes is perfect for maintenance. That's all you really need to keep up to date. You might not even need 20 minutes, honestly, per week to do that. Um, that's great to know. But then as far as the crash course goes, well, and even with the 20 minutes, like I I actually agree with you that that's where maintenance is. So we, even at data driven, we have a, we, we are introducing a product where we're going to give you in 20 minutes or less the knowledge you need for that week to stay up to date with digital marketing. So that's something that we're working on as part of our community is to give you that 20 minute injection that you need (laughs) to stay up to date with stuff. Um, but then, you know, the, the base knowledge, I mean, so I've, I've been fortunate enough to be teaching GA for, for two years now. So I've, and I've had over a hundred people go through my live cohorts mm-hmm. and roughly a thousand people have gone through my pre-recorded course. And what I found is that when you have a pre-recorded course, you could just watch the pre-recorded videos. There's about 12 hours of content. You could do 20 minutes which which ended up being 36 weeks if you did 20 minutes a week, 12 hours of content, right? You probably would like, it almost like it's the point where that where you have to relearn it again, right? You'd have to re, re-figure it out versus like, so, and then people drop off of online courses. They're like, okay, they either get too into it or, the, or they're like, I need time to implement. So we also have a live version of it. And, and so our, even our GA4 brand new product out there, um, completion rates are in the 10 to 20% range. And that's being generous for a pre-recorded course, mm-hmm. our live course, our cohort, where you get certified at the end, it's, it's eight sessions over four weeks, um, 16 hours total. So about four hours a week, people, 95% of them complete it and get certified. And they are, they have the knowledge they have to learn. They, they just like, it's like rip off the bandaid and you will know more. I have all, I I get testimonials from everybody like, Hey, I didn't know anything. Now I know it. Now I feel confident in this thing. I know what it stands for. So it's like, I actually think that the right way to go is to rip off the bandaid and learn it and then move to maintenance mode is what I would recommend. Wow. No, that's really great. And and I'm glad that you reframed that because I was looking at that. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, it's the 20 minute thing is something I, it's sort of like one of those things I hear all the time. It's like, I got 20 minutes. It's like the elevator pitch. Like I got 20, you got a few seconds to tell me, sell me on this edge each time. Cause that's all the time that I, I see in it. Yep. But once you see that something has potential then it's like, yeah, I'm much more willing to, so I'm blowing my face. I have, so, I'm much more willing to invest more time in it and to dedicate. Okay. Yeah. Like th- there is some great potential here. And I think that that's yeah. really interesting. So uh, Jeff, if you could, I mean, you've, you've, you've mentioned it just recently, briefly, um, if anyone wants to connect with you, find out more about you, learn about your courses, your live or your recorded courses, learn more about data driven you, uh, how, you know, what would you tell them? What can you share with us? Like, so that they can find. Yeah, yeah it sounds good. So, um, it's funny you mentioned like the 20 minutes and I was like, that's like people saying I want a four hour, like the four hour work week, right? Like <laughs> I want to work four hours a week and make a million dollars. Yeah. The way to do that is to work 80 hours a week 
learning it and then put it in maintenance mode where you only have to work four hours a week to get the benefits, right? Like it's all upfront investments for long-term um, maintenance and gains, right? So yeah. um, that's just how life works. And and I just, <laughs> you know, I, I stopped trying to avoid it and just realize that, right? Like, so anyway, so <laughs> I'm, I'm like the first guy to tell you that it, that it, it's only easy once you put in the work, like uh, that's usually not like, um, the most guru thing to say, <laughs> right? Like it, it's anybody can do it, but you do need to put in work and, and passion and, and, and really want to. So if you like what you're hearing, where I tell you that it's not easy, but <laughs> that it can be fun, um, you can go to data driven you.com. It's like you, like the, the letter U. that's my main website. And on there, you'll see that we have all kinds of different stuff. We have freebies. We have memberships where you can join us every every week, every month and learn and, and get support from experts and, and myself. Um, we have pre-recorded courses and we have certification courses. We even have like how to start your own business doing this courses. Those are all going to be available to find out on our site. If you sign up for our newsletter, that's the best way to find out about what's coming up next in the pipeline. And I have a specific offer that I'd like to share, and that is this thing that we have called our Google Analytics for do-it-yourself or DIY toolbox. And it's a set of 80 plus SOPs, so standard operating procedures or processes you can use. They're all PDFs, and you can print them out or put them on your machine, and you check the box of all the steps you need to do, the tasks you need to do to get GA4 on your site the right way. And so if you want to have a companion guide, something you can just go through and, um, and get it done. Um, that toolbox would be a great way to do that. And it's something that's designed to be able to do it on yourself on your own. Um, if you decide, Hey, you're doing it on your own, but you need more knowledge, then we have the courses and stuff like that too. And the offer is at ddu.ai slash toolbox. And that'll take you to the best offer we have for this toolbox. And there's an opportunity to take that and to use it. It's pretty affordable to get started there. And um, and, and really, if, if you have a little bit of knowledge, that might be all you need to get this thing to be a transitional success. Wow. I think for a small business, marketer, limited, maybe a company with limited amounts of marketers, man, like what a resource to be able to get all those SOPs. Um, that's fantastic. Thanks for sharing that with us, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, we invested about oh. three or four months pulling them together combing all of our transcripts using them and and they've been tested by many people and they're just like this is what it was missing for me i needed this um because i don't have time to learn it i don't have time to do these things but at least if you just tell me the steps i need to do and i can check it off i can get at least prepared for this next migration step yeah that, i think that's huge and it's so valuable to have things like that to get to get going to sort of wet the the appetite and to make sure that, okay, this is going to be installed, right. This is going to be applied, right. I have some confidence that, it, that you know, it, it's being done correctly. Uh, that's all really valuable. And, and, I, and I'll check that out too. Um, I, I'll also put that on our episode page. So Jeff, awesome. thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about, you know, what does Google analytics for mean for small businesses and joining us, helping us really get a better idea of okay, what Google analytics is, what its value is, why web analytics is so powerful for businesses, you know, who, who are smaller. And I think that's great. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I love being a repeat guest and hopefully <laughs> there's some cool news in the future that will bring us back together in the, in the future. Yeah. Thank you everyone. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for listening to the close of the loop podcast.